instead of it's never too late to start a second phase. Today, we're going to talk about it's never too early to start a second phase. I have a great guest today, and I'm so excited to introduce him to you. Jordan Gross is a corporate refugee turned trailblazer for positive change and optimism, sharing the belief that our daily actions can help us overcome stress and anxiety. He's a 25-year-old guy just trying to create something meaningful for himself and others. He's a graduate from Northwestern University and Kellogg School of Management. He's a writer, a coach, a speaker, and a multi-passional light, having experienced positions in large investment banks like Merrill Lynch to small startup companies like Chowbus, which is focused on authentic Asian food delivery. Jordan is also the best-selling author of Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. He is a TEDx speaker, and he has coached clients at Google and Amazon. He is the founder of multiple companies and organizations. He may only be 25 years old, but this young man has so much knowledge and he is going to just change a lot of your perspectives about what you can do and how you can find your second phase, but how you're going to find your second phase and do it with curiosity and passion so that you're fulfilled in that second phase and not only fulfilled, but you're serving others in a way that fuels you and puts so much positive energy back into the world. So join me and listen to my conversation with Jordan Gross because it's very compelling. And I know that you're going to love the journey to cloud nine and want to read the book when it's all said and done. Are you looking for unique gifts for the special women in your life? Moms, sisters, friends. The second phase Etsy shop was created with gift giving in mind. Visit the shop to purchase beautiful note cards for every occasion that after your special someone reads the personal note from you, they can put the card in a simple frame to display in their home. A gift that keeps on giving. The second phase features my original art photography that I personally selected for you. Another great gift idea is a journal. These journals are beautifully crafted with sturdy covers with my fine art images on them. We created the pages lined on one side and blank on the other for those who like to doodle, write in free form, or draw as part of their journaling practice. At the second phase, we believe in creativity as a tool for living a purposeful and meaningful life and want to share our creations with you. Our products are great for teacher gifts, Mother's Day gifts, birthday gifts, and just little happy gifts and inspiration. Are you feeling extravagant and want to treat yourself to some art? Check out our beautiful line of fine art prints. They help any room in your home feel special. To access the Etsy shop, visit my website, www.robingrahamphotography.com forward slash shop. Or you can go straight to Etsy and just search the second phase. But keep in mind, there are no spaces. The second phase is all together. We hope you enjoy the shop and all of the products we've created, especially for you. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host. 
and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in this second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build the business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Jordan Gross, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Hi, Robin. How are you doing? I am great, thank you. How are you? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty awesome. And thank you so much for inviting me onto the Second Phase Podcast. I'm just really grateful that we get the opportunity to connect. Um, it is a little bit of a different time, April 23rd, 2020. We're, we're both, we've both been in our homes for the last couple of weeks. So it's just really amazing to have an opportunity to chat with somebody um, like this and, and talk about how we can, you know, pull through this and, and improve and really focus on uh, some different aspects of our lives in the process and, and maintain our sense of positivity and hope. So really good to be chatting and, and thank you so much again for, for taking the time to have me on. Well, Jordan, I'm thrilled you're here and I'm very excited to dive into what you're doing and your book, The Journey mm -hmm. to Cloud Nine. I, um, the, the one thing as you were talking about, you know, finding the positives in the situation with COVID-19 and this episode may not air, we hope will hopefully be out of the pandemic, but um, yeah. neither, that's neither here nor there. The, the um, conversation is still so pertinent, whether yeah. we're in a pandemic situation or just going through our normal lives. But you talk a lot in the book about chance and choice and yeah. that concept. And I think it's um, something to make note of that our reaction to the pandemic and is really a choice in staying positive or letting all of those other emotions overcome us. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this, this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Me too, Robin. Definitely. So Jordan, will you please just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you have a very different story than most of my guests, and I'm very excited to, um, I guess, introduce you to my audience, but to also share the concept that you're never too, it's never too early to start a second phase instead of it's never too late to start a second phase. Yeah. So, so Robin, when I, when I was first looking at the second phase podcast and how your, your mantra, your, one of your slogans is that it's never too late to start a second phase. My immediate thought was, oh my goodness, I'm going to come at this from a totally different angle. It's never too early. So I'll, I'll start from where I'm at now. I'm a, I'm a 25 year old um, sort of corporate refugee who is now writing and speaking and coaching and podcasting all about how to help other people 
live basically quite simply the the life of their dreams, the life that they desire, living their life on their own terms. You know, in my world, it's called a cloud nine life because that's what I've I've been trying to do for the last couple of years in my own story. So to backtrack a little bit, and I'll keep this short so we can talk about other things. Um, I was always a, a kid, a guy who was just going through the motions, running on the hamster wheel kind of growing up. And not to say that anything, any of that was wrong. It provided me with some amazing experiences, but I was kind of like a by the book person. You know, I, I went to high school and I got good grades and I played soccer and I was good at soccer. So the next logical choice was go to college and try to play soccer. So I ended up going to college and I played club soccer and I, I got good grades and I started asking, you know, teammates and fraternity brothers, okay, what does a person like me do next? And they said, uh, well, why don't you study economics and get a finance internship? So I studied economics. I got a finance internship. I got a consulting internship and I just kind of did what other people told me to do. And then it was time to, you know, look for full-time employment. And I didn't love my internships too much. So I think I did a pretty good job realizing that maybe that wasn't the route for me, but I still didn't do any full-time analysis of what I really wanted. So I decided to get more schooling, you know, what, what could I do next? I could just continue going to school if I didn't know what I wanted. So I went and I got a master's degree in management studies. And during that year, I started listening to personal development podcasts and reading books and starting to realize that I really needed to do something that was more aligned with my passion, right? So what was my passion? Um, and I decided that it was in the food and restaurant industry. I loved restaurants. I always wanted to be different than my peers. I knew I didn't want to do finance or consulting or marketing like the other people in my master's program. So I decided to do this leadership and management rotational program with a big restaurant group. And it was uh, quite the experience. You know, I, I thought it was going to be innovative and creative and I could start at a young age in the restaurant world, but it ended up being super um, steadfast in its ways, very robotic the way that I was doing things there. It was very hectic and chaotic. So after four months, I also decided, you know, sometimes passion doesn't mean purpose, doesn't mean career. I had to learn that the hard way and I left that position. So now I was in New York City, I was 23 years old and uh, I had to figure out what was next. So as I casually started looking for other jobs, I decided to write a book. I always wanted to write a book um, after having listened to so many people on podcasts talk about how a book was just like a, a, personal, a personal extended resume or a long business card. Um, so I wrote a book about morning routines and positivity and optimism. And then I did some research into what does somebody who write a book, who writes a book do with the rest of their time. So I started to do podcasting, coaching and speaking and more writing. And I really fell in love with it. Um, and I fell in love mostly with this idea that my words could inspire other people to think differently, um, behave differently, act differently, live differently, right? So I did that. And then I came out with another book, The Journey to Cloud Nine. And then now, you know, I just signed on to a third book. Um, so I, I think, you know, I'm pretty comfortable saying at this point in my life, I am a, a full-time writer, I guess. So that's, that's been the journey with a lot of little stories tucked into there about everything that I'm doing and how I try to share it with others. So part of me is saying, wow, 
<laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. In my life. in my years of of life and experience, which are basically double yours, um, I haven't done any of that. But I think what is most important, because a lot of listeners are probably thinking the same thing, like how can this kid be only 25 years old and have done all of this and already made such an impact? Because I think a lot of us strive to make an impact, but we're not sure how. And we might not have been led on that path until now. And so we have to give ourselves grace that, okay, my time hasn't come yet, but mm. I do have some gifts and I just have to find those gifts. And you found your gifts so early, which is such a blessing. It really is, you know, and I'm, I'm so fortunate. I'm so thankful that I have found it, but it, you know, it didn't come without a lot of intentional searching, right? Right. And one of my favorite, you know, ways in which I, I help people discover their purpose is through exploring curiosities, right? But mm -hmm. it's also optimizing your exploration of that curiosity. So what I mean by that is like when I went into the restaurant world, it wasn't that I just wanted to dabble in the restaurant world. It's no, I really wanted to find a, a program where I could, I knew I was going to get a, a fantastic experience. Right. And, and I ended up choosing the program for the wrong reasons. Right. But, but you know, when I, when I wrote a book, it wasn't just about seeing if, if the book was going to you know, if anything was going to happen, but it was about fully immersing myself in what happens when you do write a book and exploring that curiosity. When I became, when I started my first startup company in college, it was not just, okay, I'm going to see what happens with this startup company. No, it was, I'm going to read as much as I can about startups and really immerse myself in this curiosity, right? So on, on the road to uh, finding whatever it is that creates your cloud nine life, so to speak, um, it takes a really, it, it, it takes a, a search, but in my opinion, it's a very intentional and deliberate search, you know, constantly assessing whether or not what you're pursuing is the right fit. And I think I did a pretty good job of that in retrospect, even though I, I don't know if I was necessarily realizing it at that moment. Mm -hmm. I like this concept of curiosity and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we, we talk a lot about passion and you've mentioned the word passion a few times, yeah. but I think without that curiosity, having passion isn't going to get you to where you want to be because you have right. to discover what you can do with that passion that also is going to mirror your values and your visions. Exactly. And you know what, even with the word passion, one of my favorite stories is from Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And mm -hmm. she said that she'd go on stage all the time and talk about how she turned her passion into this writing career, right? And she'd always give the same speech and everybody would love it. And they'd say, wow, I'm going to follow my passion after they listen to her speak. But then one time she got up on stage in Australia, I think the story goes. And after the talk, somebody, an audience member sent her an email and said, you know what? I came to this talk thinking that I was going to love you and your message, but your message just made me even more stressed and even more anxious than I ever thought I could possibly be. And it's because when you talk about following your passion, I got so much anxiety that I didn't know what my passion was, right? So when Elizabeth Gilbert got this message, she said, wow, what if, what if there are more people who don't know what their passion is that I'm, I'm just 
pushing out a message to people in which there's total mystery. Like, how do they find their passion, right? So she says she stopped giving that speech. And instead, she, she took some of the stress away by saying, don't follow your passion because you might not know what it is, but rather explore your curiosities, right? Like what makes your face go closer to the computer screen when you're reading an article? What can you talk about for hours on end, right? Go mm-hmm. and research into those things as opposed to just being dead set on following your, uh, or sorry, um, leading your whole life according to what you think is a passion, right? No, it could be wrong. It's just something that you're, you're interested in learning more about. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an, she's, she's such a light. I mean, she's got such a great perspective on, on life and mm-hmm. that's a really great point. And I'm, I, I really like that concept of linking the two of those together. Yeah. It's really beautiful. So Jordan in the book, and we're yeah. going to talk mostly about, um, the journey to cloud nine today. Sure. And, um, in, in the book, you mentioned in life, you're either a pilot or a passenger, mm-hmm. the passenger life leads the, you know, if you're the passenger, life leads you to decisions and, um, or I should say life leads you and the decisions are made for you, which is what you were talking about before when you were talking about, you know, you were asking other people what you should do. They gave you ideas and you followed their direction versus if you're a pilot, you dictate where your life is going. I like that analogy. And I would love for you to elaborate a little bit about that because as an entrepreneur and most of my listeners i think are are entrepreneurs or very business minded mm-hmm. we can apply this concept both in life and in business so how would you differentiate that course um applying that to both facets of of life yeah absolutely and so sort of to to continue on with the plane analogy and the flight analogy um, I, I think there's really three categories here. I, I think you do have the pilot, you have the passenger, and you have the co-pilot. So like I said, with the passenger, you're sort of letting life dictate what's going on in your world. You're allowing societal expectations to run the, the way that you're going to live. You're allowing peers and, and influences to uh, navigate your own path you know, throughout the sky, right? Um, that's the passenger. And I, I think for the entrepreneurial journey, that's somebody who might be on the fence and you're deciding whether or not you want to pursue. You're very scared to take the leap, but you don't end up pursuing because other people are telling you not to. It's going to be too challenging. It's going to be too confusing. It's going to be a, a rough you know, road ahead. That's, that's the passenger mentality. And then I think you have the pilot right? And the pilot is somebody who just takes control, right? Action is going to bring so much clarity. And, and in, in your life or on your entrepreneurial journey, the pilot is somebody who says, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to take this plane according to my own heart, my gut, my intuition. I'm going to go with what feels the most right because nobody else is, is touching the controls. They're, these are my controls, you know? So I, I think that's the, the pilot mentality. And that's the, 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 person, the, the entrepreneur, um, who's going to just go ahead and, and do it and see what happens and, and live and experience and learn through the experience. Um, and also if you're a pre-existing entrepreneur, that's somebody who in, in decision-making, uh, with anything in your, in your business, you're going to just make a decision 
and and then figure things out again it's that phrase action brings brings a lot of clarity you're not going to just sit back and allow others to decide for you you're you're going to make those decisions and see how they play out but then i, I think you have the copilot and the copilot provides a really nice perspective about how we don't have to go along these journeys on our own so when you have a copilot on the plane this is somebody who you trust this is somebody like a mentor like a guide who is able to not totally take control of the plane and, and dictate where you're going, right? It's not, you know, like you become a passenger if you have a co-pilot. But what the co-pilot is able to do is just provide the right recommendations, provide the assistance necessary for you as an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, whatever it may be, to, to truly understand which decisions are going to have the most impact for you uh, in the best way possible moving forward, right? So that's what I think is the importance of, of having a co-pilot, which I talk about tremendously in the book. Um, it's similar to, you know, you can't, as an entrepreneur or as an individual, uh, it's really challenging to go about the journey on your own. So having a co-pilot, a couple of co-pilots is really important um, to, to help you navigate. I love that. And you talk in the book too about being unafraid of the what ifs and extinguishing the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And the co-pilot I'm thinking is that go-to for guidance in and strength and reinforcement for extinguishing those. Absolutely. And you know, the, the book starts out with my favorite quote, um, and it's the way that I, I live my life and I try to get others to live theirs. It's that um, someone once told me the definition of hell and it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person I could have become. And those two people are total strangers. But someone also once told me the definition of heaven and it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person I could have become. And those two people are identical twins. Right. So to me, when making decisions in not living a life of, of regret, you want to minimize the gap between who you became and who you could have become. Right. So in every moment, in every choice, in every, you know, cover design of, of a book that you're writing or in every uh, new hire of, of an employee for your business. Right. You're making the choice that's going to minimize regret. Um, because you never want to look back and say, I could have hired the other person because that thought's going to always be in your mind, which is why to me, gut intuition feel is, is so paramount in the decision-making process. Because if you don't make choices based on, on that, there's always going to be that lingering voice in the back of your head that says, what if this, what if that? And, and I really try to minimize that because that's what brings on the added stress and anxiety. So we're back to that word choice and you talk about um, measuring character and that you can measure character by the choices that people make. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about that, about choice versus chance and how, how we actually make the choices to minimize that gap between, or yeah, minimize the gap between what we are becoming and what we are capable of becoming so that we don't have regrets versus putting that out to chance 
like, you know, for example, say, you know, someone who is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or who is starting a, to offer a new program online, it's like, well, I'll just wait and see if it, if it happens. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it will be versus making that choice to drive forward and really push yourself into that area that's uncomfortably uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. So for me, I'll, I'll keep this one really simple. Um, I don't necessarily think there's ever a right or a wrong choice. I think there's a right or a wrong approach to how you view the choice that you made. I know that might get philosophical, but let me explain. Um, if you're choosing, I'll keep it really simple. If you're choosing a logo for your, your company, whatever it might be, and you're looking at the two logos and, and one's blue and one's orange, right? Um, I don't think there's necessarily a right answer between blue or orange, but I think what's right is the approach you have when you make the decision. When you choose blue, you can't look back in two weeks, two months and say, I wish I would have chosen orange. You need to be totally confident and, and 100% with the choice that you made that, that is the blue logo, right? So when you go into your life, when you make a decision, um, no matter what it might be, you need to fully immerse yourself in that decision and look back and, and have the, the wherewithal to say, this is what I chose and I don't have a time machine. I can't go back. So I need to be totally, uh, I need to be totally content with the decision that I made. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I, what I would like to do is have you describe the character, the main character in the book. I mean, there's, there's multiple characters, but Jerry is the main character that we really get to know and love. And for me, he pulled on several different emotional strings, which we can talk about later, but would you just describe Jerry? And then I'd like to read a paragraph um, on page 62 and how, and then kind of jump into, because a lot of this in terms of direction and making decisions and all of those things kind of applies to something that you wrote in the book. Yeah. So Jerry is a really complex individual when you really no pun intended, turn the pages of the book here. Um, personally, you know, the book is fiction. I don't know if we made that totally clear yet. It, it's a personal development book for sure. And there are life lessons th- sprinkled throughout. But my my whole, you know, niche in this world of personal development and, and uh, what I want to be as a writer is somebody who provides these stories and life lessons in a very entertaining and thought-provoking way for for you as the reader. So, but I have to write from what I know. So, so Jerry, in regard to me, um, there are a couple of different ways that I describe Jerry. So Jerry is who I used to be. Somebody going through the motions, somebody who his life was being sort of dictated for him, right? Jerry is who I am warning myself not to become in the future. So that's like version number two. So you know, we fast forward into where Jerry is now. He's in his 60s and he's lived a life fully of choices made by the people around him. So it's a warning for myself not to become like that. 
Um, and then also what I do is, is I show Jerry's cloud nine life, the life that he could have lived. And that part of Jerry is also me. It's the life that I believe that I'm currently living and that I want to share with other people. So I think in regard to me as, as who I am and how I relate to Jerry, I see myself in those three different pictures. Um, but how I'll describe Jerry overall is that in his real life, he's somebody who has been going through the motions and he made a lot of decisions based off of his mom and his boss and, you know, friends and, and, uh, a lot of external circumstances. And it ultimately, unfortunately, you'll see it has led to a life of depression and, and, uh, isolation, um, which, which is obviously not where we want to, to, to take our lives. But what, and what I also do in the book is I juxtapose his real life with his cloud nine life, where you see that he had a certain amount of, of opportunities in his life where he could have gone in a different direction. He could have made a decision that was totally aligned with his heart, his gut, and his intuition, but he chose not to. But I show what could have happened if he chose to. So that version of Jerry is the one that uh, is living life according to meaning and purpose and true fulfillment, um, which looks different than the stereotypical view of what you'd expect a life to, to be like. Are you a businesswoman or entrepreneur who is transitioning into something new, into the second phase? Are you trying to figure out how to create an audience, how to grow a presence online? But you are stuck on the tech and the how-to. You have no idea how to attract new clients into this business. Don't worry. I am going to give you the exact blueprint on how to connect and grow your audience and attract more clients. During this brand marketing strategy call, we are going to go through the six pillars of success for your brand. This includes, but is not limited to, online marketing, storytelling, relationship building, differentiation, visual branding, and genuine networking. Sit with me for an hour and let's transform your brand strategy. Or do you learn better in a group environment? Join me along with five other women just like you and collaborate and mastermind together in one of my popular mini brand mastermind sessions. In two one-hour sessions, each one of you will get 15 minutes with, my, with me personally, along with a learning opportunity with each of your peers. We will go through each of the six pillars of brand marketing success, and I will help you strategize in all of the areas mentioned before. The next mini mastermind session starts May 6th. Here's what a mini mastermind looks like. We will meet for two one-hour sessions. Three of you will go each week. I will personally guide you through high-level brand marketing strategies. I will then open up at the end of each session 15 minutes for Q&A. And you will also have access to the private Facebook group to ask me questions at any time. In the Facebook group, you'll also have opportunities to network, to grow your referral source, and have accountability partnerships. This can be a great option for those of you who want to save money, but have the desire to elevate your brand. To learn more about either program, visit my website. You can find the brand strategy sessions at www.robingrahamphotography.com slash brand hyphen marketing 
hyphen strategy hyphen session or go to shop on my website that's www.robingrahamphotography forward slash shop and there you will find the mini mastermind sessions and you can register i look forward to working with you so this paragraph i want to read really kind of um goes deeper into that but so i'm going to read read it now jerry knows where he is going but he plugs the destination into the gps on his dashboard anyway he enjoys the comfort of something telling him his every move a meticulous guide that clearly details the exact directions he needs to reach his end destination yeah and that it, it's so funny because it's not like there's advice there it's not like it's this moving passage but as i think just as humans in general how easy is it to have something dictate our every move yeah and so to make those choices like you were talking about before with intentionality and really immersing ourselves in in the decisions so that we can be confident in them as opposed to letting something else or someone else dictate those decisions we make it's so powerful yeah i really like that interpretation and just to add really quickly to it you know it's like i really believe that as human beings we try as much as possible to create certainty when in reality there is no true certainty other than how we act feel respond to things right um so when jerry puts in the the destination where he wants to go even though he knows how to get there that's just him again adhering to the fact that he wants certainty he, he wants to know that this is the right way that he's doing things the right way when in reality his way is the right way mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's i think it's interesting and i think you can give a lot of advice to people that are hesitant on leaving their security to follow a passion or to follow their curiosity yeah that was the big thing for me um, I was leaving stability. I was leaving a prestigious title. I was leaving a, a prepaid apartment on Park Avenue in New York City, right? So just like Jerry, you know, you'll see he, he's got on paper material wealth. You know, he, he's got what you believe is quote unquote success, right? He has the big house and the fancy car. And that's what I had before I left. But when you realize that those aren't the things that matter most to you, it makes it a lot easier to, to jump into something that you're doing next, right? And I always say that it's about the co-pilot. It comes back to the co-pilots, right? If my uh, parents, you know, for example, didn't support my decision, then I don't know if I would have made the same leap that I did. So it's about creating in your life the sense of support and uh, a belief that you, you need in order to make that true uh, jump to the next thing. Um, and I'll say this also, my parents didn't agree with me at first, but once they saw the, the work, the, the effort, um, the, the route that I was taking and, and how I was going into the next thing that I was doing, um, that's when they really became supporters, number one fans, of course. Uh, so you have to, you know, before you even get the support, you have to show and prove to yourself how willing you are to work for what you ultimately want. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit 
contradictory, but you need to be your own co-pilot first. You know, you're saying this, and as, as you're saying it, I'm thinking of the the character in the book, Heather, who was Jerry's boss. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to identify those people that we not only think are our supporters or our fans, but really understand the depth of their understanding and respect for our abilities to make decisions. And there's an, another paragraph in the book that, you know, where... Um, you, you write, it's like, you don't have a mind of your own, but I say Mm -hmm. that is a good thing. It's like, you're constantly motivated by the best interest of others. And you put yourself last rather than first. We need more people like that. We need more people like you. And this was Heather telling Jerry why he shouldn't leave his job. Yeah. And, you know, and he, she didn't even know he was going to leave his job, that he was contemplating leaving his job to find happiness. She was just frustrated because so many other people were leaving because they found their passion and they were going to follow their passion. Mm -hmm. So just like that, she, she extinguished that fire in him that he was yearning to do something for himself. And that was it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's complex. It really is. You know, Heather's, it's it's tough when you get people who just don't think the way that you do, right? Um, but when when you truly, it comes back to this concept of logic versus intuition, and not living with that little voice in the back of your head saying, "What if I could have done this? What if I I should have done that?" Um, so even if you have that external influence who's really appealing to your logical brain, your brain that says well, I'm in a safe position here and my boss loves me and I have all this, you know, I have everything I need. You kind of have to take a step to the side and say, okay, I have everything I need, but is this everything I really and truly want and desire? Um, And that's what Jerry forgets to say, you know, spoiler alert, that's what Jerry forgets to ask himself when he makes the decision to stay at his job and quit on pursuing his true dream, which is something totally different. Um, He decides to uh, go back to the comfort of what he already has rather than explore the newness of what he can be experiencing. And I think there's in real life and, you know, fictitiously, Jerry probably felt, and I think a lot of people feel that um, they owe it to that person at that point. They're afraid of disappointing that person. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were afraid of disappointing your parents. Absolutely. And I I love that. But to me, there's a really simple approach to this. And it's just like radical transparency, right? Radical candor, I I think is the the book. Um, And it just shows the importance of communication. You know, if if Jerry were to to have a conversation with Heather, that was raw and emotional and honest and real and expressed his true desire to to leave that job, uh, knowing that, you know, she was such a supporter of him, Um, no matter how Heather responds in that situation, Jerry did all that he could to mitigate the negative backlash. Right. So for me, when I transfer this over to me, I had this, this raw and emotional and honest and true conversation with my parents about what I wanted to do next. Right. So no matter how they responded, I I knew that from my end, I did all that I can control. So you as an entrepreneur, if you're going and trying to make that leap into what you're doing next, if you have that conversation first with yourself and then with the, the person who you think you're going to let down, if you come from a place that is, is truly genuine 
and you understand how the other person may feel or react or respond before they even do it, right? You put yourself in, in their shoes first and, and then consider how the conversation is going to go. Um, then you're doing all that you can because at the end of the day, that other person can't control what you do next, right? But you're yeah. doing what you can control in order to maybe, you know, uh, lessen the blow for them or however you may look at how they're going to respond. So when you're coaching clients and say you have someone who is in Jerry's situation, having that yeah. conversation with a Heather, um, how do you guide them? What do you suggest that they do so that they are the pilot in that conversation and not the passenger? Yeah. So I actually just recently did this and, and we did like a mock, uh, conversation. You know, I, I was the boss and, and he was leaving the job and we just kind of, I, I just kind of figured out every single possible negative response that I could have as the boss to this situation. You know, uh, you've been working for me for years. How are you going to leave? You're letting me down. You're letting your teammates down. You're letting your family down, you know, making it even more intense. You're letting your family down by giving up on a salary and stability, you know, that, that, uh, kind of question. Um, and then it was just up to my client to, to just own and accept the fact that, this was a choice that was going to lead to better quality of life um, and ways to, to navigate that conversation were just, you know, expressed through your real, real and, and true thoughts that he was having about why he wanted to leave and understanding all of these side effects that the boss may, may say otherwise, but ultimately just making the decision anyway, because he didn't want his boss to dictate the life that he was living. He, he wanted to, you know, write his own story. Oh, that's excellent advice. I love that. I love it. So I, I want to touch on one more thing. Um, well, actually a couple of things, but, but this one I think is really important. You wrote in the, in the book when you were able to regain, and this is, um, this is Jerry's co-pilot in cloud nine talking to Jerry. When you were, when you were able to regain a sense of your purpose, when you were able to dig deep, explore your curiosity, find your passion, and then have the courage to stand up to others and pursue what you wanted to do, you realize the importance of professional aspirations, ambition, and finding your calling. Yeah. And that's basically, in a nutshell, what we were just discussing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I like to, um, you know, I have my, what I call the brand equation, which is, you know, finding and discovering your, and really diving deep into your values, your visions, and your passions. And it's so similar to this entire concept that we really have to look at multiple factors. We can't just say, oh, I'm passionate about this. Therefore I'm going to do this. You really have to look at all of those aspects together in order for it to result in an effort that's going to not only create success for you as an individual or a business or a brand, but also for the individuals that you want to serve. Absolutely. And for me, you know, it's also about uh, understanding and assessing that, that situation that you're in, in full totality, but still ultimately making the choice that is going to ignite your your fire moving forward right to me life is about excitement and joy and keeping the energy as high as possible um never just going through the motions that's you know that's how i'm living my life now 
so that's how I, I really want the ultimate uh, experience and choice to be made. Yeah. So you also, Jordan, talk a lot about human connection. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, as, as we were talking about earlier about being in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic and the quarantine, human connection is something that is so valuable. And a lot of people are really struggling with not having that, that physical connection um, that we're used to having. But I would love for you to talk a little bit about how powerful it is and why it's so powerful and ways that we can use those connections to not only build better selves, but also transfer that energy of connection into our businesses. Yeah. I mean, I love people so, so, so much. It's just like, uh, right now, you know, to, to me, I think I mentioned to you this before, Robin, that even the term, I'm sure most of you have heard it by now, that, that social distancing isn't the best term, right? It should just be physical distancing because we need to keep the social component of our lives very much alive right now. Uh, so I'll, I'll bring this back to Jerry, right? You see that in his life, he pushed people away. He pushed away the love of his life. He pushed away friends. He pushed away his own father. He pushed away coworkers and colleagues, right? And that led to this, this life of isolation and depression. But what he could have had was best friends, was co-pilots, was a wife, was children, was a great relationship with his father, right? Um, which ultimately leads him to the life that he could have lived, this, this beautiful life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment. So really, you know, as, as I've heard it all, you know, as introverted as you are, or as shy as you are, um, still maintaining focus on a couple of key quality connections, people you can go to during times just like this, who you can chat with, you can be honest with, emotional with, um, truly yourself with. It, it totally opens up your, your world to uh, new opportunities, new, new ways to understand situations. Um, and I think it's paramount to not go about things on your own because like you see with Jerry, that's what leads to, to the ultimate demise is when you're on your own, you have nobody to share your experiences with and then everything gets bottled up inside your head. And like I said before, that's when all the stress and the anxiety comes to the forefront and it leads to more serious problems. Yeah, I agree. And it's, um, it's organic and intentional connection as well. It's not something that we're meant to force. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, especially being connected to to like-minded people, right? So, so my, for the last two years, I, I try to connect with as many people as possible, right? Move, relationships from online to offline, get on the phone, go get a coffee, even though it's not possible right now, go get lunch, even though it's not possible right now. So hop onto Zoom, um, FaceTime, whatever it might be. Uh, But always coming to a human connection with the opportunity and and ability and belief that you can serve another for another person, you can add value to their life, and also you can learn from another person. So every connection I'm trying to make, I'm trying to immediately put myself in the position of student 
so that I can give them the opportunity to teach, to, to feel valuable, to, to really feel like they're adding something to the connection. Um, and then at the same time, I'm trying to listen as much as possible to what they're teaching me so that I can say, oh, I can add a little value to them in their life in that way, or I can, I can provide them with, with X in, in their business, something like that. So it's this way to really genuinely approach another per, another person in conversation. And uh, ultimately, you know, you both gain something because uh, they're obviously benefiting from what you can give to them. And then you're benefiting from what you're learning. Well, and you mentioned in the book too, that our daily actions can help us overcome stress and anxiety. And I think as, as we look at building those connections, a lot of people who are shy or introverts, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, you, you can have a lot of anxiety over, over reaching out to people or, you know, having those self doubts of, oh, they're not going to accept me or they're not going to like me. They're not going to want to talk to me on and on and on go the excuses. But I think that if we remember that our daily actions and building connections with others will ultimately decrease those stresses and anxieties. They really can. And to me, I'm somebody who's very routinized, but I don't like monotony. So I, I do have my morning routines. I do have my, my daily checklist. I do have my nighttime routine. Um, but the flexibility and the beauty of my day, because I, I don't like the monotony is within the people who I connect with. I always get to have, you know, spontaneous, adventurous conversations with other people that make my day, you know, not the same. I get to talk about different things, learn about different things. Um, and that's the beauty of, of connecting with others. It's that you never know what you're going to uncover from a conversation with somebody. That's how cloud nine came to be. I was in the back of an Uber and I was just talking to the Uber driver, asking him what cloud nine meant to him because I saw a boat called cloud nine. And I just asked him what he thought about that phrase. And that's when I learned about, you know, the, the day he got married and the day he had his children and, you know, a career accomplishment that he had. Um, yeah, for me, it's all about storytelling and understanding uh, that everybody has a story. And, and really, it's my job, it's my goal to get them to share that story with me um, because it makes us both feel good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And storytelling is so powerful. And I, I love how you did this. I And you're very um, much like, and I'm sure people have said this to you before, but you know, as I was researching you and, and getting to know more about you, you're very like, very much like Bob Berg. Bob Berg. I love Bob. Isn't he great? Yeah, but the he... concept of your book is so similar to the Go-Giver ser series in terms of the, you know, parable type or, you know, fictional character, but mm -hmm. demonstrating all of those um, choices that we can make to truly live lives of purpose. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's so definitely Bob, we, we've chatted a lot, but also John David Mann. He, he's yeah. Yeah. The, the storyteller. Um, yeah. He's done, you know, the, the latte factor and, and he, he wrote uh, the second part of who moved my cheese with Spencer Johnson. Um, yeah. They're both such amazing influences for me. It's, it's really quite, um, quite incredible that you brought them up because those are two of my idols in this world. People I want to be like, and yeah, yeah, that that parable feel, it's funny. I'll give you a little prelude. I gave a TED talk about the power of 
fictional storytelling in, in personal development. And, uh, you know, in the book, his name is Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y. But in the TED Talk, I talk about a character named Jerry, J-E-R-I. And I reveal at the end, again, spoiler, that the reason why that's his name, that's the spelling, and the reason why ultimately I believe in the power of storytelling for how you can change your life as opposed to just direct authoritative self-help advice is because of J, it's about the journey, not the destination. And you enjoy the journey of the book, reading the entire thing and realizing the life lessons sprinkled throughout. E, it's because of the emotional connection. You get really immersed in the characters' lives and you get to feel how they're feeling and it, it gets you to, to think about your own life. R, it's about reducing the stress. So like we said in the beginning, self-help a lot of the time, finding your passion, your purpose, it can feel super stressful. So when you're just reading a story, much like The Go-Giver, or I hope The Journey to Cloud Nine, it reduces the stress associated with you know what living a life of purpose and passion may mean to some people. And then I, uh, I have this concept called imaginativitation, right? Where it's imagination plus creativity plus interpretation plus implementation. When you read a book like this, you're using your imagination to imagine what the characters look like. You're, you're creating a, a new world, right? A, a new uh, space for you to uh, create the life of your dreams. You're interpreting why you want to do this because you know, you need to make a change. You want to get out of your current job. You want to start that new endeavor. And then finally, implementation. You just have to go do it. You have to get started. You have to act. Um, and, and that's how you'll, you'll get to where you are. So that J-E-R-I, that Jerry, that word, there's a lot of meaning to it. Um, so yeah, that, that's, you know, that's why I want to tell stories just like John and, and Bob. It's because I think there's so much more... Uh, there's so much more to that approach in the personal development world than just the direct how-to guides that we're so used to. Well, and don't you think that when you're reading a story, you get involved with the character? And it's it's like you said, that emotional connection and the journey, it's, it's so, so true because you just keep turning the pages and you don't even realize that this is really helping me as you're going through it. You're identifying with what the character's going through, you're identifying with how they should have made different choices or whatever the case may be. And then when it's all said and done, you can look at it and think, wow, I need to make the choices that he didn't make or she didn't make or not make the choices that they made. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Perfectly said, so well done. And you know, the, the, it's, it's just the fact that you know, there are a lot of, a lot of us don't like to be told what to do. So rather this type of story approach is showing you what to do or what not to do. And then also, you know, as a little added bonus, like when you finish reading a story that doesn't exactly tell you what to do and you decide for yourself what to do and you see that it's working, you get that little pat on the back that you say, you know, like I changed myself. Nobody changed me for the better. I did this, right? Mm -hmm. I get, I did this. I'm, you know, I'm the pilot. Um, so that's, that's really, 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 uh, what it's all about. Jordan, this was actually, this was absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for being here and sharing so much valuable information. How can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. And, and thank you so much, Robin. It was really a wonderful way to start the day. Um, although I'm a morning person, so I guess it's the middle of my day technically. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> um, 
anyway, no, thank you so much. I'm just really grateful. And I hope people get uh, a lot out of this. Um, I am offering a, a couple of free chapters of the book. I think maybe Robin will put that in the notes, but it's yes. just journey to cloud9.com slash free chapters, I think. Um, so you can, you know, if you don't want to go get the book right away, you can just read a couple of chapters for free and see how it feels and if you like it or not. And then otherwise, just the best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn. It's just Jordan Gross on LinkedIn. That's my main platform. And I promise I, I respond, you know, it's me. It's not a virtual assistant or an assistant or anything. Um, I respond all the time. I'm like an inbox zero kind of person. So I'm always on there if you want to chat. And I really do want to chat. Like I said, connecting to people is so important to me. Um, so please feel free to reach out at any time. It's, it's truly, uh, it'd be an honor to, to talk with any of you guys and gals. That's so generous. And I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Robin. Um, it was, it was an honor and a privilege and, and a true joy. So thank you for having me on and uh, be safe and, and stay healthy and happy and all the best to you and, and your family. And same to you, Jordan. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, The Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the Second Phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.